This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 7th of April. In your Squiz today, Aussies get the green light for New Zealand travel. Christine Holgate puts her side forward. Putin's power grab. And get ready for the shacket. This is your Squiz today. For the first time in more than a year, Claire, Aussies will be able to travel overseas to New Zealand with no quarantine requirements. Since October last year, Australia has allowed travellers from New Zealand to come here without quarantining. So Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's announcement yesterday makes it a two-way travel bubble. That arrangement will begin on April 19 in what she described as the start of a new chapter in our COVID response and recovery. But it does come with some fine print. And that is, she says that it needs to be flyer beware because New Zealand could at short notice change its COVID response and put quarantine conditions back in place. She says that anyone who's buying a ticket and really looking to get to New Zealand has to be aware that that could happen because, of course, this is still a dynamic situation, Uh, even though it's very good news and getting back to something close to normal life with people being able to travel between New Zealand and Australia is a good thing. Things can change. Yeah, and one factor that has come up in the discussion about relaxing international borders is COVID-19 vaccines. Yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison said Australia's vaccination efforts were ahead of New Zealand's with more than 843,000 doses administered. He also hit back at criticisms that the rollout is falling behind schedule, saying supply issues are to blame. Yeah, there's still a lot of focus on the vaccine rollout here in Australia and when Scott Morrison fronted the media yesterday to talk about this two-way travel bubble, he was very quickly inundated with questions about the state of that rollout. What he said is that the problems that we're having here in Australia are purely a supply problem. He says that the culprit really is that three million doses that have been held up in Europe with lawmakers there very keen to hang on to their local supplies in the face of another surge of COVID cases. Labor and other critics continue to criticise that vaccine rollout and the Morrison government's efforts saying that it's chaotic and dysfunctional. National Cabinet meets on Friday and the vaccine rollout is expected to be the hot topic. Speaking of high-profile issues, women's safety and equality has been right up there in recent months. The Morrison government yesterday held the first meeting of the Women's Task Force of Cabinet, where they said they will get cracking to improve things for women. And today, the newly appointed Minister for Women's Safety, Anne Rustin, will meet with her state and territory colleagues about the next national plan to reduce violence against women. Yeah, this isn't something that's out of session. It is part of a normal consultation that the federal government would have with the states and territories about these sorts of issues. We're currently in a three-year plan around preventing violence against women and children, and that plan runs out next year. So they're coming together to talk about the next phase. What has changed, though, are expectations. They're really high at the moment, and state and territory governments, as well as Rushton, have said that they're looking at doing something more ambitious to actually address the problem and prevent it. Also on the cards is a long-awaited response to a report the sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins handed to the Morrison government last year. It recommends ways of reducing harassment in the workplace. That's expected later this week. 
It was November last year when Christine Holgate resigned from her role as Chief Executive of Australia Post after it was revealed senior managers had been rewarded with Cartier watches. Now, Claire, she says she was unlawfully dismissed from her high-profile job and abandoned to deal with the media firestorm. And it really was quite a firestorm in late October and early November when she did resign. She told a Senate committee that Australia Post had purchased $12,000 worth of Cartier watches as rewards to those executives for that deal. Prime Minister Scott Morrison at the time said that he was appalled by those purchases and she then went. But what she has said in a submission to a parliamentary inquiry into the affair was that the chair of Australia Post had forced her out and had no justified reason for doing so. Yeah, Australia Post hasn't responded to Holgate's claims but has put its own submission into the inquiry that is due to report by the end of this month. Vladimir Putin seems like a guy who tends to get what he wants and it seems he wants the opportunity to remain as Russian president until 2036. He is currently serving his second consecutive term as president and his fourth in total and could, under a new law, run for two more terms. That's a long time in one job, Claire. Oh, it is a long time in one job and no doubt the things that he has to do and the things that he has done means that it feels probably a lot longer. He's basically been at the head of Russian politics since the year 2000. So he's already had a long stint. So the idea that he could stay until 2036 means that he will surpass even Joseph Stalin as the longest serving leader of Russia since the revolution. Uh, That has come about with a constitutional change that was put to a referendum last year. Uh, All sorts of tricks being played to see him as a forever president. Yeah, and as for Russian opposition figure Alexei Navalny, he's in prison and has been on a hunger strike after reportedly failing to receive proper medical treatment for his health issues. Overnight, reports say six doctors and two CNN journalists have been detained in front of the prison where there was a protest about his access to care. Israel Folau is never far away from the headlines, but for those needing a bit of a refresher, he was sacked by Rugby Australia in 2019 after making a series of homophobic social media posts. Now, Claire, the Australian Christian Lobby have launched a campaign in support of Folau's return to the NRL. Yeah, they ran a full-page ad in the Daily Telegraph yesterday calling on the NRL to allow his return to play. They're also launching a broader campaign that includes an online petition. Also, they say that they're launching TV and billboard ads around Sydney. Folau needs to be cleared by the bosses of the NRL to be able to play, but what they say is that a proper application from a club uh, to have him come and play for them hasn't actually been submitted. And Peter Volandis, who's the head uh, of that Rugby League Commission, said that the church group would be better spending their money on ending poverty and inequality. Yeah, Folau has spent the last year playing in France and only recently said he's keen to return to the Aussie code. Lena Dunham is many things. She's an actor, a writer, director, producer and Vogue cover girl to name a few. Now, Claire, she's adding fashion designer to her skill set. She's launching a new plus size collection in collaboration with US brand Eleven Honoré. They're quite a high end e-tailer. They sell online and what Dunham is doing is launching today a five piece collection. Uh, They go up to US size 26 and they sell for up to $300. She says that their item 
items of clothing that aren't usually made for curvy figures and it includes even a mini skirt which is just quite groundbreaking. Uh, She says it really is important to her because she has really embraced her body type and she wants to do what she can to see others uh, express their unique style. Yeah it's hard to believe that plus size clothing makes up less than 7% of Australia's 16.5 billion dollar clothing industry. That's despite 67% of Aussie women sporting a fuller figure. Seems like there's a major opportunity there. And while we're on the topic of fashion, Claire, I've got the latest fashion tip. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) It's called a shacket, a shirt and jacket all in one. I've got to be careful how I say that. Apparently, it's all the rage this time of year as we transition from summer into winter. Look, uh, when I used to work at Laura Ashley in Canberra, we used to call it transseasonal dressing. Uh, I see when they talk about the shacket, they're talking about a hybrid hero. So it's really meant to be something that takes you from uh, that sort of warmer weather into cooler weather. So kind of this autumn period and then on the other shoulder of spring. Uh, What it is, is just a a sort of not quite a jacket and a bit heavier than a shirt. So it sounds perfect. It's not the most flattering of names though. (laughs) They could do better on that front. (laughs) We're talking about it. So not too bad. I No, that's true. It's one you sort of need to see. So I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes. And on that note, that's all from us today. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you again tomorrow. 